Everybody, how are you? What's going on? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report. And before I tell you anything else about what's going on in the world, I want to tell you that today's show, you know, yesterday I did a lot of Cali versus Florida stuff. And at the end of the show, I was like, you know, I think I've made the point. I've made the point. We're going to continue making the point. And, and the contrast and the comparison is important to do. But we finished the show yesterday and I thought, I want to do something a little bit different tomorrow. I sense we can try something for a little bit, something just a little bit different, a little bit, let's give the people some juice. Let's not just talk about how bad things are in Cali and just say how great things are in Florida. Let's go across the country and find some good things. So that's exactly what we are doing today. Uh, before we get to any of that though, uh, we've been putting up these shorts. Uh, YouTube is going very heavy on shorts, which are like these like 30 to 40, 45, 50, 55 second videos uh, that you can put up there. And we have a shelf now on our YouTube channel uh, for these shorts. And we did this one yesterday. This is off the Bill Gates video we showed you yesterday where Bill Gates was talking about how good the government is and the good government's there to keep you safe and all that stuff. So we put one up and I wanted to just throw to that real quick for you. Uh, just to remind you that these shorts are available and people are viewing them and enjoying them. Here you go. Why and how ready should we be for the next pandemic? The pandemic is a disaster that they didn't prepare for. The idea of uh, improving the vaccine so that they block getting infection, uh, making them so they last a long, long time. Governments uh, are there to protect us. The president promised help is on the way, and today help has arrived. The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Good old Ronald Reagan, good old Ronald Reagan. Anyway, if you want to see more of our shorts, you can go to The Shelf, which is at youtube.com slash Rubin Report. Uh, we put them up on Instagram too. They're on Rumble, they're everywhere. Uh, just a little, little something for you. So now we're going to focus today really on positive stuff because there is a lot of positive stuff. One of the things that is happening is a guy by the name of Byron Donalds, who I mentioned yesterday, he's a congressman out of Southwest Florida. He's got the Fort Myers, Naples, Sanibel, Captiva area. That is the area that was crushed by Hurricane Ian. Uh, he is suddenly becoming a star in Republican politics. I've interviewed him. You may have seen the interview. We did it uh, about a month and a half ago down or up, I guess now. <laughs> I guess I'm in Florida now, up in D.C. Uh, he, he's a really good dude. I think he's fighting for the right things. Uh, and he's becoming a star right now, not only because uh, the Republicans nominated him to be speaker, right? So he got, I think, 19 votes. Obviously, it ultimately went to McCarthy. But that kind of leveled him up in the, in the national scene. Uh, but he's going to MSNBC and fighting with those dingbats. And we got a whole bunch of clips of him and Joy Reid on MSNBC and it is wild, but that is indicative. Byron Donald's rise is indicative of, I think there's a chance right now with the Republicans. I, I, I am not deluded. I don't, as I always say, they'll probably fail you. They're gonna screw up all sorts of things. 
They're better than the Democrats, fine, but I think there is a chance right now for them to get a backbone like a ramrod, as a certain guy is one to say. But I think there is a maturing, a strengthening of the Republican Party's spine right now, and we got to encourage them. We got to show the ones that are doing good, say like that Ron DeSantis guy, hey, you're doing good, I'm going to vote for you. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. It's, it's a lot of good markers of positivity. There's going to be a lot of clips out of the show today that you're going to be able to send to your friends and who are depressed about what's going on. And there's a lot of problems and I live in California and they're coming for my natural gas and they want me to wear a mask and all those things. And you'll be able to say, hey, watch this because there are places where it's actually working. Uh, before we do that, let me talk to you guys about Bullion Max real quick. Quick, you know, 2022 uh, was the worst year for the stock market since 2008. Let's go, Brandon. What does 2023 hold? And do you really want all your eggs in that basket? Get diversified in your assets and you can do that at bullionmax.com slash Dave. At bullionmax.com slash Dave, you can buy physical gold and silver bars and coins and they'll ship them directly to your home fully insured. There you can store them in your safe for a time you might really need it. You have fire extinguishers at your house that are easy to reach to prevent your house from burning down. You hope you never have to use one, but you'll be grateful you have one if the worst should happen. What if your financial house burns down? If paper money becomes worthless? If the stock market completely collapses? Wouldn't it be nice to have something for emergencies? Start building your reserve at bullionmax.com Dave. We put together a silver starter kit just for you. Listen to this. You're going to get a solid one ounce silver American Eagle, a Buffalo round, even a one ounce silver kangaroo. This is the best way to get uh, to start diversifying your savings. Go to bullionmax.com Dave. And now back to me. Okay, so I have to show you one thing that you're going to go, wait a minute, Dave, you said it's all positive today. And you're going to go, why are you showing me a clip from The View? But you're going to see why it's a positive clip. Just trust me on this one. So The View yesterday, they were talking about uh, these documents that have been found, that Joe Biden had some uh, classified documents that were in a closet somewhere. And yes, they were related to Ukraine and uh, Russia and Iran, but he didn't know anything. The guy doesn't know anything. Remember when in August, when this happened to Trump, you know, this is impeachment nine, even though he's not president anymore and he's going to finally go to jail and they've got him and the walls are closing in. Anyway, The View covered uh, Biden's classified documents being found and listen to the way Joy Behar frames it. And then you'll see she starts talking about Byron Donalds. That's going to get us to the what really is going on here situation. I think that no, what you just said is yeah, right, that, yeah. that there are differences in what happened. Yes, but you know, the are not good. Well, we all know that Trump is a liar and a thief, you know? <laughs> we know that. So it's not that big a jump to say that he obstructed and he lied. We don't think that Biden is a liar and a thief, so we give him the benefit of the doubt. That's partly what's going on. But what I think also is going on, no matter what the truth of it is, Whoopi, they will spin it, Bubblehead and Marjorie Taylor and that crowd, Matt Gates. you think they're not gonna spin this that is just as bad as Trump? And so the, the lie gets out there, people believe it, just like that Donaldson person, whatever his name is. Byron. What's his name? Byron, Byron Donalds. Byron I saw him also, he was at the, uh, the fight on the floor too, yeah. wasn't he was nominated for speaker a number yes. of people by two people. Yeah. He's been the darling. One of the 15 rounds. But I mean, what I'm just saying the is that the party. lying has been so invasive. And 
it's just a mirror. It's just a mirror, Joy. All you need is a mirror and you'll figure out what's going on here. Everything she accuses the Republicans of doing is exactly what she's doing. Now, uh, she makes a point that there are differences. There are differences between these two things. Uh, one difference, Joy, might be that the president is allowed to declassify documents. The vice president is not allowed to. That is a legitimate a difference in what's going on here. That's one thing, but I don't think that's exactly what she meant by it. Also, the way that, you know, the way that the audience applies Trump is a liar and a con man and oh my God, yes, yes, yes. As if Biden is somehow like the, the true gold standard of truth and everything else. If you get these vaccines, you're not gonna get or transmit COVID. Remember when the elderly man said that? Uh, then they start shifting to Byron Donalds. And here's really where I wanna shift the show as long as we're talking about shifting. Uh, Byron Donalds was nominated in the midst of this fight for the speakership. He was nominated, I think, in one round. He got about 19 votes. There was a real feeling like, oh, this guy could be. He's young. He's extremely bright, well-spoken, has a good pedigree. He's doing a great job here in a state that's absolutely flourishing. It's like, maybe this guy could be something. So I don't know that they thought uh, that he was going to actually become speaker, that somehow he was going to get all the votes and McCarthy was going to lose 200 votes. But it, it's an opportunity to level up some people, get people in mainstream media, corporate press, as irrelevant as they may be becoming, get them to start talking about these guys. And then Byron, Pro, Byron Donald's profile starts rising. And then you never know what the future might hold. This is how politics works. So Sonny Hostin calls him, he's the new darling of the Republican Party. You may have heard her say that. It's interesting when she says that though, because the way she's saying it is the implication is he's the darling because he's their token black guy. And as you guys know, there is no racism quite like progressive racism. So now I wanna show you why Sonny might be right, but for the wrong reasons. He might be the new darling of the Republican Party, but it's not just because he's some token black guy. Okay, it's because the guy knows what he's doing and what he's talking about. Cue Byron Donalds talking to Wolf Blitzer, who I'm told is not actually a wolf. I just found that out this morning about the uh, Biden document situation. Thanks so much for joining us. Let me get your reaction to the breaking news. Uh, uh, you know, you're, you're a member of Congress. You deal with classified information. What's your reaction to this? Oh, well, my reaction is pretty simple. I'm wondering why the vice president of the United States had classified documents outside of the hands of the intelligence community. Listen, it's been pretty clear that presidents do have some classified documents, but the difference between a president and everybody else is the president has the ability to declassify information. The vice president has no ability to declassify information. So number one, what was he doing with classified information in his possession? Number two, why did it take six years? And I, I wanna stress this for the American people. Joe Biden left the vice presidency in 2017. So it's taken six years for these documents to surface. That is incredibly concerning. And point number three, and this is the one that's most important, Everybody can go back to the Hillary Clinton email saga. We know other presidents have had classified information. But why was there a raid on Mar-a-Lago? But now this story just kind of seeps out and everybody's saying, oh, we just want to get down to the bottom of it. And everybody's giving the benefit of the doubt. A vice president of the United States or a secretary of state or anybody else should not be having classified information. Well, Sonny Hostin, do you think he's the darling of the Republican Party just because he's black? Or do you think it's because he's an extremely good communicator, has a great handle on what's going on here, knows what he's talking about, and isn't afraid to say it? 
Uh, later on, guys, go back into that video and watch. You can see Wolf Blitzer. He's so depressed hearing truth that his, his face is actually starts to slide off his skull. Anyway, Byron Donalds just continued yesterday. He had an all-star day. He went on the televised mental institution known as MSNBC. And not only did he go there, he went in right into the office with the chief crazy lady. He went to Joy Reid and they talked about everything. So we're gonna show you a whole bunch of clips here and just watch, just watch this master class in professionalism, knowledge, candor, decency, communication, the whole freaking thing that Byron Donalds puts on and then compare that to how Joey Reed behaves as a host. Here's the first clip of them talking about the Twitter files. You've got Jim Jordan, who's leading judiciary, leading a subcommittee to probe the, quote, weaponization of the federal government. And also, it seems possible that it might be about going after the Justice Department for investigating the insurrection that Jim Jordan supported. Well, a couple of things. First and foremost, let's speak to the, the weaponization committee of the federal government. We see what's happening at Twitter. Twitter now is releasing documentation, ream after ream after ream, that elements of our government was actually in contact with Twitter about delisting comments, taking people off of Twitter, off of Twitter overall. If that is not the federal government actually suppressing free speech in the United States, which is the first amendment of, of the United States Constitution, Congress has a responsibility to investigate. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think we've been talking about that on this show. If the government forces or influences a private company or a public company to infringe on your free speech, that actually is a violation of the First Amendment. So there, okay, she sat and listened. She sat and listened, but it's the way she frames everything, right? Jim Jordan was for the insurrection, right? Yeah, yeah, the insurrection where nobody brought any weapons. The only person killed was one of them. You know, the whole, they had no plans. Some guy apparently bought a Lego set and then it turned out to be a different Lego set of the Capitol and something else, okay, fine. They continued, here they are, Joy Reid really, she's very upset about what's going on here in Florida, right? She can't have it get out there that if you do the right thing, you could win by 20 points like Ron DeSantis would, or you'd uh, win in a landslide like Marco Rubio did. Uh, so she has to somehow, this woman who does not care about voter ID laws because she thinks that they're racist, doesn't want people to have to show up with an ID or anything else, she has to somehow make it seem like Florida is up to no good when it comes to elections. On voting laws, you voted, you. One, sir, you defend voting laws that said getting rid of ballot harvesting is a good thing that we did. So you've defended the Florida voting laws. Um, you have and you've actually defended laws in the country. The Florida voting laws. Florida election laws are the mm -hmm. best election laws in the country. And go you, ask Arizona, go ask California, go ask New York. Uh, we do it the best. Okay. Look, Joy Reid, she does not want transparent voting laws. She doesn't want people to have IDs. She wants ballot harvesting and all th those things so they can do their shenanigans. There is nobody. Please find somebody serious. I will gladly interview them. There is simply nobody with a shred of integrity that is saying that there is anything wrong with the Florida voting system. It is, it is beautiful and a joy to partake in. And I tell you that as someone that walked into a school, showed my ID, looked the woman in the eye, they look at you, they compare everything, they check where you live, you walk over to the machine, you have a piece of paper, it goes into the machine, the paper comes out, you walk over to a ballot box, another person looks at you, confirms you're the same person, drop it in there. We, our results came in at like seven o'clock. There was simply no doubt because we've done it in a mature, honest, functional way here. But that's the scariest thing to Democrats, right? That is the scariest thing. And for some reason, Joy Reid thinks that black people can't get IDs. She should have turned to Byron Donalds and been like, wait, you're black and you have an ID? How the hell did you pull that off? 
anyway, she of course did get into the, uh, the racist stuff and it's just, it's just, it never stops. It never stops with these people. If you are, if you are black and you think differently, they think you are a token because they are racist. Do you not believe that the idea was to make a diversity statement by nominating it? Well, actually, first, that was not the idea because I was in a room when the decision was made by people who chose to nominate me. That never came well, And you, you've Hold still on. not explained I, how, I, you're, how you're I'm qualified. You've never been your, in leadership. Are you going to let me answer your question? Sure, you tell us. Me? Okay. Mm -hmm. Number two, now let's go back. The reality is, is that a lot of members actually do believe in my ability to lead. They do. Am I to be despised for my youth? because I've served one term, when members know that I have the ability to engage other members through the conference, but it's even bigger than that. Listen, we were at an impasse last week in our, in our speakership elections. We got that done. Kevin McCarthy is now Speaker of the mm -hmm. House. At the same time, I was working with members on both sides of our conference to make sure that we can get the job done, and we did. Mm -hmm. and I really gotta understand this, guys. She only brought him on for one reason, which was to take him out, and he was freaking prepared and ready to roll. And the gall of her to sit across from somebody who clearly knows what he's doing, knows why he is there, is respected by his colleagues, just got 19 votes from the supposed racist people. As he said, he was in the room when it was happening. You think they were all like, guys, grab the black guy. But she's only there to destroy him. And instead she's self-immolating, right? She's self-flagellating. She's pouring the gasoline on herself and burning herself up because she is the racist. She only views him as a black man and she thinks black people must think these things. I think these five things, I think them now, I've come to these conclusions, black people better think them. Guess what? I know this is old school. I think black people can think all sorts of things. I think individuals, regardless of their skin color or their genitals, can think all sorts of things. It doesn't mean that they're right about all of those things, but you can think all sorts of things. She thinks Democrats own black people, which to me would be a form of modern slavery, but okay. Uh, it's interesting though, because I'm fairly certain she's interviewed gay Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg, who is our uh, transportation secretary. And I don't think she ever said, were you hired because you were gay, gay Pete? Because gay Pete, you were the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. And I don't see how that would qualify you for anything related to the transportation secretary job, but uh, you are gay. So uh, did she ever, nah, she never did that. Ironically related to gay Pete, I don't know if you heard this, but the FAA grounded all domestic flights this morning. He's in charge of the whole freaking thing. Uh, he's mostly on vacation. He is completely unqualified, but he is gay. Zippity dippity. Uh, did she ever sit down with the Phoenix? You'll have to do some research on this. I got a couple others here. Uh, we have our uh, Rachel Levine, who was formerly Dick Levine, who's our trans uh, deputy health secretary. Do you think that might have been a diversity hire, Joy Reid? Did you ever have Dick Levine on to ask him or her why she or he was hired? Uh, we also have noted black lesbian press secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre, who is by far the most completely incompetent buffoon in all of the government. Do you think that her black lesbianism, that tokenism, do you think that's why she got hired? Or was it because of her awesome resume? and the awesome job she's doing. Or how about Kamala Harris? Do you think she was hired because she's just great and really has a great command of things, you know, Russia big, Ukraine small, or is it because she's half black and pretends to celebrate Kwanzaa? Or how about Dylan Mulvey? Dylan Mulvaney, <laughs> I can't add it with these people. Dylan Mulvaney, the dude with a wang who dresses up like a chick and goes on TikTok and then gets invited to the White House and then has Biden sit there and tell you that it's a, it's a moral imperative that every, every kid who wants to chop off their nuts gets to go ahead. What the hell am I even talking about anymore? You see what they've done to us? 
Anyway, Byron Donalds continued. He, he just, it was just, it's a masterclass, masterclass. Uh, here he is. She's very upset, Joy Reid. She's very upset because Kevin McCarthy is, is following through on his promises just three days into this freaking thing. He is booting Ilhan Omar, Adam Schiff, and Swalwell off a bunch of committees, intelligence committees, and much more. Uh, and there's plenty of good reasons to do it. I mean, can you think of anyone who has lied more over the last couple of years than, uh, than Adam Schiff, Je uh, Swalwell, we've got video of him, I'm gonna show you in a sec. I mean, he's banging a Chinese spy and everyone knows it. And Ilhan Omar is, is a rate, like an old fashioned, old school, racist, anti-Semitic, see you next Tuesday. Uh, here's Byron Donalds explaining why uh, McCarthy did what he did. Three people, including Congressman Swalwell, Ilhan Omar, and Adam Schiff, have been take, are being taken off their committees. Well, we told Democrat leadership when they went down this, this pathway of removing members from committee is basically saying, you should not do that because if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Let's be very clear. Ilhan Omar has said things that are reprehensible. To, to, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me finish. She has said terrible things about, about the Jewish community, so much so that resolutions had to go to the House floor about them and they were watered down. With respect to Eric Swalwell and to uh, the other gentleman, that's something for Speaker McCarthy to speak to in more detail because he's gonna make those decisions. But we were very clear in the 117th Congress. We should not be going down this pathway of saying, oh, that member said this, they gotta be kicked off of committees. Why they fear this guy? He knows exactly what he's talking about and he's got receipts. And it's true, when they started doing this a couple of years ago and Democrats started saying, we're gonna kick re certain Republicans off committees because we don't like this thing they said or that thing they said, everyone was saying it. I'm sure you can find videos of us talking about it on this show, right? Like everyone was saying it. Once you start this tit for tat thing, goose gander, this is exactly what's gonna happen. Uh, but Eric Swalwell, who is a congressman from California, uh, he's not happy about it. So he tweeted this. He said, breaking, uh, Representative Byron Donalds admits on the readout that Speaker McCarthy is kicking me, Adam Schiff, and Ilhan off our communities purely out of vengeance. Now that's not exactly what he said. He didn't say it was out of vengeance. He was saying, if you watch a full extended clip, well, first off, you guys did it. So, okay, that could be a little vengeance related. You guys did it. Now we're going to do it. But that there are plenty of reasons to do it. He went into the reasons about Ilhan Omar. He didn't get a chance to do more on Schiff, who lied about everything related to impeachments. And could it be that Swalwell has done something? Could it be that Swalwell maybe did something a couple years ago that would be worthy of getting kicked off the intelligence committee? And could it be that everyone knows this and that there was this uh, little known, I don't know, some would say quite dapper uh, online video show host who talked to Kevin McCarthy about that thing about two years ago? Didn't Swalwell sleep with the Chinese spy or something? I mean. Yes, why? Okay, that's a good question. I, I, I want to finish my eight pillars, yeah, but, but let's yeah, talk about sorry. this. What we know publicly, a Chinese spy, and also remember, Senator Feinstein, we found out later, the driver of more than 10 years was a Chinese spy in Silicon Valley. They've been in pictures together. This woman, a Chinese spy, creates a relationship with Swalwell when he's in the city council. He runs for Congress. She helps. She puts interns in his office. Do you know how difficult it is to get on the Intel Committee? When Swalwell was put on the Intel Committee, they were in the minority, so they had some fewer seats. He was a sophomore getting put on the Intel Committee? He's kept on the Intel Committee. Now you know this. You put him on, you did not know. Now you know as a leader. Okay, if Swalwell was in the private sector, 
he could not get a security clearance because he had a relationship with a spy. But only in America can he be given the intel committee where he knows all the secrets. But there's 200 other Democrats who are qualified to be on that slot, and she keeps appointing. What I know with what the FBI told me, he should never be on intel. And Pelosi reappointed him to intel. I don't understand this. Did you, have you said this to her? Yes. <laughs> what, I what brought, she, what I, she but this is worse. I brought a motion to the floor to remove him from intel, put another Democrat on. The Democrats all defended. So you really got to understand the last part there is key. When the Republicans were not in charge, McCarthy was trying to get rid of Swalwell. As he just said there, he is now the Speaker of the House, okay? So that clip, if, if we had a decent mainstream media, and obviously we do not, that clip would be on CNN and across every newspaper today. And what they would be doing either is if Kevin McCarthy lied, if, he, if everything he just said there is a lie and what he's claiming the FBI told him and all of that stuff and that, that Fang Fang, the, the spy, didn't staff uh, Swalwell's office and all of that stuff, if it's all a lie, then why wouldn't you air that to destroy Kevin McCarthy, right? You'd, you'd want that clip out there. My God, Kevin McCarthy is lying about what the FBI told him and claiming that a Democrat uh, congressman has been sleeping with a Chinese spy or at least working with the Chinese spy at some level. But they're not putting that on there. And that tells you that it's true, right? That is it right there. So, okay, you got it. So was this, was this as Swalwell said, was this purely retribution or was it because Ilhan Omar is a noted anti-Semite? Adam Schiff is the biggest liar in all of Congress with all the fake impeachments in Russia, Russia, Russia. And you were banging a Chinese spy. So this wasn't about vengeance. But um, my theme here today has been about the positive stuff. So I think you can see Byron Donald's on his way, telling the truth, going into the belly of the beast, blowing apart the nonsense over there at MSNBC. Beautiful. Eric Swalwell being exposed for the fraud that he is. And now these people are being removed. They are being taken out of positions in power in government. So Republicans are getting balls. And guess what else that they are doing? Well, they're getting rid of those 87,000 IRS agents. I know the night is late. But when we come back, our very first bill will repeal the funding for 87,000 new hours. Look, they're going to offer up a whole bunch of stuff. I'm going to talk about more of some of the things that they're doing that I think are good in just a moment. They're going to offer up a whole bunch of stuff. Congress can't just act on itself. Congress can put bills out there. Then you need the Senate to vote on these things. And obviously the Senate, which is now, you know, it's basically a 49-49 tie with two independence, it's not as if all of these things are going to get passed, right? Uh, obviously, but at least they're trying, right? We're seeing the glimmer of hope. We're seeing people go, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have a chance now. McCarthy's going, I have a chance. He had this fight, right? With his more radical base, his more radical, let's say, or more, more further conservative, something like that, uh, with his guys, they had the fight and maybe he's going in now and we're going to do the right so one of the things that I think Republicans really would be good at is putting out a positive message. What is it that we stand for? Well, McCarthy's on that too. We're going to pass bills to fix the nation's errant challenges. From wide open southern borders to American last energy policies to woke indoctrination in our schools. Pretty good border. We all think a border is good, right? Even Joe Biden now apparently thinks that a border is good. 
Uh, American energy, that would be nice. That might help our economic situation. Getting the woke stuff out, all good. Again, I don't have any illusions. They will fail on some of this stuff. The Senate is not gonna go along with all this stuff, but they're trying. And when good people try, you gotta back them. Uh, I don't even wanna say good people. When someone's out there trying, like hearing what the issues are and then voted in, and then they're, they're just at least are showing you a glimmer of hope. They're trying to say, hey, boy, I'm gonna actually go to the promised land. Then you gotta, you gotta help them get there. They're shifting, they're going on offense and they're taking no reservations about it. Like they're really just going for it. Uh, another thing that they're gonna do, this is absolutely spectacular. And I said to my guys right before we started, we're gonna go and check it out. They're gonna open up Congress again so that people, you, the average American citizen, can go into Congress and watch them debate. That is something that Congress got rid of a long time ago. And then because of COVID, they, vo they all vote electronically on these things so they don't even show up anymore. Well, guess what? They're gonna open the people's house back up. You know what's the difference now? This is probably more people in the public that it's ever been in the Capitol in the last two years. We've now opened the doors. I want to invite everyone who's listening. If you've ever dreamed of coming to DC, come to DC. And you know what? You can sit in the gallery and you can watch us debate. You can see your government at work because this is your house, this is your government, and we have just now empowered you even greater than ever before. So that brings accountability. Great, cool, transparency, watch them debate. See the good parts, see the bad stuff, see how the sausage is made. We're gonna go, we're gonna go do it. I'm gonna take my team and do it. I'm sure we can get some interviews while we're down there, but that is a beautiful thing and sunlight is the best disinfectant. That's democratic, that's democracy in action. So what else are they doing? Well, they're talking about what the vision is, border, energy, get rid of woke stuff. We're gonna get more people, we're gonna be more transparent, more people can come watch us debate, that's pretty good. And guess what? They're also ending some of the COVID nonsense. We got a tweet by Ryan Savadra, he's a, a Daily Wire journalist. Breaking, the Pentagon has ended its COVID vaccine mandate for the US military after Kevin McCarthy demanded that it be pulled out of the defense uh, the National Defense Authorization Act that was approved last month. Yeah, good, more good stuff. It is a freaking damn shame, and I would argue actually a crime that we demanded that our members of the military have to be vaccinated. Uh, and I think they're, they're hopefully will be held to pay, maybe not on this earth, uh, but in a, on another plane for some of these people that, that forced all this stuff, the idea that we took our youngest, healthiest people and force them to be vaccinated. And now I don't have to belabor the point about heart conditions and all of the other vaccine injuries and everything else and, and football players having strokes and people dropping dead here and there and, and all kinds of stuff, all kinds of stuff, really crazy stuff. Uh, it's horrible that we did it in the first place, but okay, Republicans doing the right thing. And now it's been reversed. Uh, we got more. What else are the Republicans planning to do? Uh, here from the New York Post. House votes to establish special panels to investigate China and weaponization of the federal government. All right, investigating China, that would be good. You know, when I mentioned Dylan Mulvaney before, Dylan Mulvaney is the dude who dresses like a chick, pretends to be a woman having periods, and I guess he, she's on TikTok, and they invited a whole bunch of TikTokers to the, uh, to the White House, and they sat down with Biden, and she, she he asked him about trans things and Biden said it was a moral imperative that young people be able to chop off their nuts and that whole thing. Uh, well, they're all using TikTok on their phones and TikTok is known to be a Chinese spy device. When you put that on your phone, they have access to all of your stuff. The feed when you're on TikTok, I don't have it on my phone, 
uh, when they, when the feed, when you're on TikTok, uh, in America, they show you a very different feed. They force the woke stuff down 14 year olds brains all day long. I'm a boy, I'm a girl, all this crazy stuff. While in China, they show them how to build things and they show them uh, videos about engineering and mathematics and science and a whole bunch more. So they're gonna look into China. That seems pretty good. Uh, they're gonna look into the weaponization of the government. This is the big one. This is the big one. Because if we cannot figure out what happened related to these Twitter files, I mean, we know what happened, but if nobody is going to pay a price for any of it, then it will always happen again. And here's where I wanna put a, a sort of pause on this whole thing. It's really good to have these committees. It's good to have some hearings. It's good to get people to testify under oath and, and hopefully get to some level of truth. But all of it's a show unless something happens because of it. So Republicans, here's my challenge to you. McCarthy, who I've interviewed, and Jim Jordan, who we're about to show, I've interviewed a couple times. It's not just about the show anymore. You guys gotta do something with this stuff. Since you might, check out Jim Jordan on the floor yesterday talking about what they are gonna do. A ploy? It's not a ploy when the Department of Justice treats parents as terrorists, moms and dads who are simply showing up at a school board meeting to advocate for their son or daughter. A ploy. It's not a ploy when the FBI pays Twitter $3 million, not one, not two, $3 million to censor American citizens. It's not a ploy when the Department of Homeland Security tries to set up a disinformation governance board because we all know that the Department of Homeland Security can tell what's good speech and what is bad speech, what's mis... I mean, you got to be kidding me. The former Democrat chair of the Intelligence Committee pressured Twitter to censor a journalist. You've got to be kidding me. That, this is the most important. This is about the First Amendment, something you guys used to care about. And I'd actually hoped we could get bipartisan agreement on protecting the First Amendment, the five rights we enjoy as Americans under the First Amendment. Your right to practice your faith, your right to assemble, right to petition the government, freedom of press, freedom of speech. Every single one's been attacked in the last two years. There were, there, government was telling people they couldn't go to church just a few years ago. We want to focus on that because we want it all to stop. We want the double standard to stop. This idea that if, oh, if you're a pro-life activist, you're going to get your door kicked in, you're going to get arrested and handcuffed in front of your seven kids and your spouse for simply praying in front of abortion clinic and telling the guy who was harassing your son to knock it off, you're going to have the FBI raid your home. But the, the protest that went on the, at, at Supreme Court justices' homes in the aftermath of the leak of the Dobbs opinion, oh, no problem there. Americans are sick and tired of it. And what we want, we, we don't want to go after anyone. We just want it to stop. And we want to respect the First Amendment to the Constitution that the greatest country in the world has. That's what this committee is all about. And that's what we're, that's what we're going to focus on. Testify, brother. Look, this is the chance. You think they're getting some balls? They're growing some balls right in front of our faces. And that's a disturbing image. You're right. It's a little early in the day for that sort of thing. But it's happening right now. So this is why I'm saying we have to show these guys you're going to have some support along the way. Uh, by the way, Jim Jordan, right there from Ohio, uh, he was one of the members of the House Freedom Caucus with the guy that you might know, this guy, Ron DeSantis. So do you think that maybe some of the ideas that they were talking about, you know, seven years ago as young congressmen, finally now they're on the other side. You've got, a, you've got DeSantis run, running Florida like a champ, and then you've got Republicans in charge of the House, and maybe that courage starts to spread. Maybe people start looking around and going, holy cow, I'm not alone. And holy cow, those rights that Jim Jordan talked about there, right to assemble, right to free speech, all of those things, they have been trampled on and enough is enough. So then what happens? 
courage and goodness and doing the right thing, it starts becoming contagious and it's happening across the country right now. Here's something you're probably not gonna see on CNN tonight. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds, uh, who I think is absolutely fantastic. She strikes me as the type of person that could definitely be in the race. Uh, I don't know that she's gonna run, but like could definitely be like a VP uh, situation for her. Uh, here she is announcing a new school choice bill in Iowa. My school choice bill will create, create education savings accounts for families who choose to send their child to a private school. The state will contribute $7,598 to that account, which is the amount of funding the state provides for each child who attends a public school. For students currently attending a private school, the plan will be phased in, focusing first on the families with the lowest income levels. And in three years, every family will have a choice in education and no child will be limited by income or zip code. Really think how fantastic this is. What they are saying is, right now, the way the government operates, and every state government basically operates like this. We get a certain amount of budget at the beginning of the year, and we put all of that budget towards public education. Doesn't matter if you're getting a good education, doesn't matter where you live or anything else, here's what it is. It's sort of a one-fits-all approach to everything. Now, instead of funding the system, which is the way we've always done it, they are going to fund students. You, as the parent, will get that credit Okay, and then you will say, all right, what do I wanna do? How are the public schools in this district that we live in? Oh, they're pretty good, okay, that's fine. We're gonna send them there. Oh, the public schools are no good. We're gonna send them to this private school or this charter school. Maybe we'll have to make up some money ourselves, right? Because the $7,000 credit isn't gonna cover everything, but we're getting a chance to, to do a little bit more, be a little bit more involved and make sure that our kids aren't being indoctrinated, going to bad schools that are not safe or secure or whatever it might be. This is a beautiful model that for, as far as I can tell, it is first happening in Iowa. Uh, Kim Reynolds deserves a lot of credit for this. We don't even have this in Florida yet. I think it could be on the way. Now, we happen to have excellent public schools in Florida because DeSantis has removed so much, much of the woke stuff that perhaps it's a little less necessary here, but this is a great model. And what is that? That's the experiment of democracy. Oh, it's gonna start working in Iowa. And then once it's working in Iowa, people in other states are gonna be like, hey, I want that school choice too. And guess what? Speaking of that experiment, well, DeSantis takes the woke stuff out of the schools here in, uh, in Florida. He fights Disney, does that, wins by 20 points. So you know what's going on in Arkansas? Uh, Arkansas. Well, new incoming governor, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she, as I'm sure you remember, was the White House spokesman, the first White House spokesman, or no, she was after Spicer, right? I think the second White House spokesman after Sean Spicer for Donald Trump. Uh, well, now she just got inaugurated and she's going right after the education system and she's gonna make sure parents have a little something to do with what their kids are learning. Parents cannot be an afterthought in education. Parents are the foundation of a child's success. So let's give parents a greater role in education, including... including the right to choose the school that's best for their child, whether it is public, private, or parochial. Do you see how beautiful this is, guys? It's, it's infectious in a good way, a good kind of infection, right? 
when you do the right thing, now it's starting to happen. This is why when we finished the show yesterday and I, and I was just thinking about this Florida versus Cali thing, I was like, no, I wanna show people that it can happen elsewhere. And then Byron Donalds blows up on the national scene. Then we get all of this great stuff coming out of Iowa, coming out of Arkansas, and it's going to keep happening. While at the same time, the dingbat Democrats, uh, Kathy Hochul up in New York, right now, you know what she's working on? She's trying to get gas-powered stoves to be banned, and she's trying to change all of these crazy regulations related to building. They want zero emission buildings by 2025. I don't know if she knows that it's already 2023 and that buildings are being built right now and they maybe ch can't change the code. I know she doesn't really care about that because Democrats are only good at destroying things, not actually building things literally or figuratively. Uh, what Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, was talking about there is in stark contrast to former Arkansas governor, her predecessor, Asa Hutchinson, who caved on trans surgery for minors and a whole bunch of other stuff. So Arkansas getting stronger right now. Iowa getting stronger right now. What, are place, what places are not getting stronger? New York, Cali, Michigan, masks. There are kids in schools in masks in Ann Arbor, Michigan right now but Republicans are getting a backbone like a ramrod and how are they doing it? Well, because of a blueprint. And where did that blueprint start? It started right here in the free state of Florida uh, because one guy said, no, 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 no. I don't like you, Fauci, and we ain't turning this place into Fauciville. Here's Ron DeSantis yesterday. Florida over the last couple of years. I mean, it's just crazy the number of people that are down here at any given time. Of course, people moving here, but also visiting here. And we were really, I mean, by far, when you start talking about like 2020, 2021, I mean, we were number one destination by far. And so that has helped uh, really fill our coffers. And we're even in most recent month, I think we were uh, $450 million higher in revenue than, than was anticipated. And so, you know, those are things as you budget, that's money coming in, you know, not because there's taxes are changing, it's just because there's more economic activity uh, and the economy's growing. And so that would not have been possible, you know, if we had turned Florida into a Fauciville. It would not have been possible. And so we had to make sure to do the right thing. Yeah, you do the right thing. And next thing you know, you've got governors in Iowa that are doing the right thing governors in Arkansas that are doing the right thing. And then they just start realizing, boy, I'm not the only one that has to step up. I think part of what's going on here, and that's why I always talk about it at a spiritual level, it's like people are afraid of being the guy who steps up. And, and by the way, being the guy who steps up, not only is it not easy, it doesn't always end well. I guess in probably most cases, it doesn't end well. To be the guy who really says to the system, no, right? The buck stops with me. I will not participate in the lie anymore. But now he's done it, and now we're seeing it exported. And now, at the, not only at the state level, but we're seeing the national Republicans. And again, they're not gonna get all this stuff done. They're not gonna get it all done. But there's a marker, you can feel a shift happening. There is a cultural underpinning. It's more than policy. It's the rhetoric that they're after. They're going after the things that should be gone after. One of the other things that they're going after, it's not just the woke stuff here, and it's not just what's going on in our schools and the neo-racism and all that. DeSantis is also going after, and this may be the toughest of all of them, he's going after the globalists, the Davos crowd, the World Economic Forum crowd, the, the China crowd, these people who do not believe in individual rights. Not only do they not believe in individual rights, they don't believe in, in states' rights, and I mean states by nation state. They don't believe that the United States should have a different set 
of autonomous rules than say China or Mexico or Sweden or elsewhere. Here's DeSantis going after the big boys. They do this thing in Davos. They're doing it next week. All these elites come in, um, you know, the World Economic Forum. And basically, um, you know, their vision is they run everything and everybody else is just like a serf, like a peasant. They say they're going after energy, ESG, all these other things. And you see the Biden administration wants to, to nix gas stoves. Are you kidding me? Like we need, I want gas stoves. I mean, imagine like you, how many people had the hurricane come through, didn't have power right away, but were able to turn on uh, some. So you, you cannot go down this road, but that's exactly uh, what they want to do. And it's really weakening uh, Western society, Western values. But underlying a lot of that is the CCP. You know, those people are there, they're elites, but you know, Xi is, is, really, um, is, is really kind of the, the puppet behind the curtain on a lot of this stuff. So very, very problematic, I think, in the direction they want to go. And what I've said in Florida is, is that type of stuff coming out of Davos, uh, those policies are, are dead on arrival in the state. I'll talk about the globalists in a sec, but just a quick point on this, on this gas range thing that they want to get rid of, how stupid and ridiculous this is. You know, so we moved to Florida last year, as you guys know, and actually where we live, there are, we don't have a gas line to the house. So the stove here was electric, meaning that everyone here has electric stoves, or you can bring in, you know, your own propane tank and then do your thing just sort of off, off the grid, so to speak. Um, David is a great chef and I love to cook. And we had this electric stove. Nobody who ever has cooked, there is no chef in any restaurant anywhere in the world who wants to cook on an electric stove. You can't get a good feel for the heat. It's just, not, you know, you wanna see that flame, right? It's real. Now, it'll make you a better chef. It'll make you better cook. Your food will taste better. You'll be happier when you're sitting there because everyone likes good food. But they wanna take even that away because they are actually anti-human. It has nothing to do with fossil fuels. They want everything to be endless misery that is controlled by the government. That's just my quick thought on that. Anyway, so we had to pay to have the electric stove removed and we got a propane tank outside and we buried it. And now we're, we're doing it with gas and you ain't coming for it, AOC or Nancy Pelosi or Joe Biden or any of you freaks. Anyway, as per the sort of world government that is trying to push all of this stuff and how it is connected with China and maybe did China release COVID on the world so that all of us would put all of these authoritarian policies in place to ourselves. Instead of having to invade us with soldiers, they invaded us with bad ideas and with TikTok and they got us to basically bow to them by nothing. You're gonna get a cold. And then we were like, ah, I'll stay in my house for two years, upend the known world, okay. Uh, he's right, he's right and we can fight it. And now the Republicans, partly because of that Jim Jordan guy, are going to fight it. They are gonna look into weaponization of government, which is happening because of these organizations. And they are going to look into how China is affecting our government. And this is all good stuff. Uh, one of the other good things that's happening here is that the, the Democrat party in Florida has been absolutely obliterated, absolutely obliterated. And uh, the head of the Democratic party, he has resigned. And DeSantis had a little something to say about that. In terms of the resignation, you know, of the other party's chairman, uh, there ain't many as many Democrats around as there used to be in the state of Florida. And we had something to do with that in November of 2022. By the way, if there were good Democrats, meaning if there were old school Democrats who just had a slightly different policy position, oh no, we do want to do a little bit more with the government. 
because we think the government's kind of functional and this, that, or the other thing. It's like, then it would be okay, but they just don't exist anymore. And we have to stop pretending they exist, which is why, as I often say, you don't have to be a Republican, but you cannot be a Democrat. But in most of these states, you probably should be a Republican. So let's just tie this whole thing together right now. There is something good happening here and it's emanating here, but now it's being copied throughout the states and at the federal level. When you look at what Ron DeSantis did here in Florida, and then you take a guy like Byron Donalds, who is a congressman here in Florida, right? He, you, can, you can sort of see it with Byron Donalds. He's getting some juice because he's looking at DeSantis going, man, you're, you're doing the right thing. I will do the right thing. And I'll go into the buzzsaw with the media and I will fight these morons. And I will, I will stand up for what I believe in in the face of the ridiculousness of people like Joy Reid, right? Byron Donalds, by the way, he gave the speech on election night. You guys saw it, we, we live streamed it. Uh, he gave the speech on election night before DeSantis spoke. So the, it seems like he's, he's on his rise for many, many good reasons. So you take the, the DeSantis-Byron Donalds connection. Then you take the DeSantis-Jim Jordan connection. As I said before, they were both part of the Freedom Caucus years ago when they were both young congressmen. Uh, then you could talk about what's going on with uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Kim Reynolds from Iowa and uh, Arkansas, respectively. Uh, I was at a governor's conference about a month ago with a bunch of other influencers and Kim Reynolds and Sarah Huckabee Sanders and a bunch, uh, Kevin Stitt from, uh, from Montana, uh, Oklahoma, sorry, and, and a bunch of other governors. Um, and guess what? Now those ideas are getting spread across the, the nation, Bill Lee from Tennessee and others. So DeSantis's ideas on education, let's get the woke stuff out. Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders doing it right now. DeSantis on vaccine mandates seems to be happening throughout all the red states right now. And most importantly, the spine, as Joe Biden would say, the backbone like a ramrod. But why are they being influenced? Is it just, is it because they like Ron DeSantis? Oh, he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. His wife's pretty. No, it's because the proof is in the pudding. And that is the pudding that they want to bring to their states because everybody likes pudding, whether it is in the form of a small cup or a pudding pop or whatever else it might be. Uh, just real quick before we, uh, before we wrap up, and of course we are doing a post-game show at rubenreport.locals.com. I wanted to show you the results of the, the House election results in 2022. Uh, because, you know, we were expecting this big red wave and it didn't quite get there, meaning that what you're seeing there on the right, GOP 222 and Dems 213, Republicans have controlled House. But if you just look at it geographically, we are largely a red country, right? We are largely largely a red country. And the key thing is that even though they didn't pick up the, the you know, 30 seats, that was the idea. They got enough to get control of the House. They got the extra nine seats that they needed. Uh, and then here is the Senate situation, which is a 49-49 tie. And of course there are two independents right now. So the Republicans actually lost one after War uh, Warnock beat out Herschel Walker. Uh, but let's just compare that. And I think this is the final piece of the puzzle. Uh, let's just compare that to what's going on in Florida because everything that I've laid out here, it's like, oh, it's being replicated, right? The blueprint is being replicated. This is beautiful. Well, here's Florida. I haven't seen that much red since the red wedding at uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, DeSantis won 60% of the vote. Uh, Charlie Crist got 40%. I mean, that's 20 percentage points. If you're doing math at home, that's about a million and a half votes. Uh, and just, what was it, four years ago, he only won by 30,000 votes to a guy who turned out to be a, uh, uh, not a crack addict. I'm always thinking of crack when I think of Democrats, a meth addict. Uh, yes, that's right, a meth addict. Um, so what is going to happen? What is, what is going to happen as the worm turns here? What is, what is going to happen as we start seeing red states flourish and, and Republican, let's say conservative messaging working? 
you are going to see more and more hysterical nonsense from the corporate press. Uh, yesterday, there was a piece written by a guy by the name of Peter Baker in the New York Times. I don't know much about him, but he obviously is, he's just a Democrat operative who works at the New York Times, which is just a propaganda outlet, right? It's American Pravda. So they wrote this piece on scary Ron DeSantis. And uh, well, just take a look. Trump elevated media bashing into a high art for Republicans. But ahead of the next presidential race, DeSantis and others are taking a more radical approach, not just attacking nonpartisan news outlets, but ignoring them altogether. So somehow, leave this up for just a moment, somehow not talking to these people is more radical than attacking them. Attacking them used to be the worst thing. Now ignoring them is even worse than attacking them. The reason I wanted Connor to leave this up, if you look at the bottom there, uh, so what you're seeing, those numbers that you're seeing down there are this, this tweet that this guy put out, got 1.2 million views, but it was ratioed into high hell. What ratioed means, for those of you that are not playing along, on the Twitter all day long, God bless you. What ratio means is when you see that first bubble there, that little talky bubble, that means that 2,612 people commented on it. And if you look at the comments, it's everybody just telling this guy, he's an idiot, he's a hack, he's a partisan, stupid, like, come on, man, it's, it's so obvious what you guys are doing. And it only got 713 retweets and 1,300 13 likes. So that is what we call a ratio. If you are a creature of the internet, he got ratioed into high hell, which is another reason that these people wanted censorship on Twitter because they are always getting ratioed when we can see through their nonsense. I mean, just the, the, the very premise of the thing. Trump was the worst because he fought with the media. This guy won't talk to us and not talking to us is way worse because we want attention. <laughs> Guys, stick around for a post-game show, which we're going to put up at rubenreport.locals.com in just a moment. Uh, if you haven't subscribed yet, please do at rumble.com slash rubenreport. My interview with Tulsi Gabbard is up across platforms right now. We leave you with Corinne Jean-Pierre in meme form, and I'll see you in a couple minutes with some, uh, some corrections, some questions, some comments, and other such things. See ya. And I've said this many times before, we do not politicize the Department of Justice. That is something that the president said uh, during the campaign. That is something that the president said in his early days of, of, of being uh, in the White House. And that continues to be true. Thanks for tuning in to The Rubin Report. You can watch the show live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific on Rumble, Locals, and YouTube. Don't forget to rate, review, share, and subscribe to this podcast. And you can join me for the post-game wrap-up every day after the show at rubinreport.locals.com.